0: I can't wait for you to experience the magic of this beautiful gratitude journal for mothers. You're listening to 3 30 Takeaways for Moms, and before we get started with today's episode, I wanted to give you a heads up that we are getting ready to open the doors to my signature program, which is called Self-Assured Motherhood, in just a few weeks. This program only opens for enrollment once a year, and it is a nine-month immersive experience where you and a group of similarly committed, heart-fueled mothers will work with me to learn how to better know yourself, honor your needs, and love your people. If you've been feeling burned out, overwhelmed, or lost within your motherhood, this program is for you. Or if you just love the content of 3 and 30 and you want an opportunity to go through a guided curriculum created by me and taught by me, this program is for you. I have so, so many more details to come. So, if this piques your interest, be sure to get on the interest list by signing up at three and thirty slash interested. And we will send you more information and make sure that you're the first to know when enrollment opens for the Self Assured Motherhood program in September. That's three and thirty slash interested. I hope you'll sign up. Welcome to Three and Thirty a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. My greatest hope for my children is that they will be kind. I care way more about that than if they are academic or athletic or musical or even responsible. I just hope with all my heart that they will be good to people around them. I hope that they'll notice those who are left out or hurting and be the one to reach out a hand of friendship. Maybe you also share this desire for your children, and maybe you've wondered, like I have, if kindness can be taught. Do you just sort of have to cross your fingers and hope your kids end up with a naturally kind temperament, or are there lessons and activities that we can do as a family that will increase the chances of them developing this trait?" Today's guest is going to answer those questions and give us so many ideas of ways to build a culture of kindness and community involvement within our homes. Amanda Farioli has been an elementary school teacher for 13 years, and she also teaches yoga and mindfulness to children and adults. Most importantly, she is the parent to three amazing and active children, ages 7, 5, and one and a half. I can't wait for us to learn from her about this super important topic, so let's dive in. Amanda, it is so good to have you on the show today. Welcome to 3 and 30. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Well, I'm thrilled to have you. This is a topic that I've wanted to cover on the show for a long time, and I've sort of been waiting for the right guest. And I have to say that when I saw an elementary school teacher of over a decade, had takeaways for this. I That just felt right to me. I felt like it needed to be an elementary school teacher. You have a lot of experience having had hundreds of children in your classroom, seeing kindness and lack of kindness playing out. So I guess I just want to start by asking, as an elementary school teacher, why is this topic so important to you of raising kind kids? Like you
1: mentioned, having hundreds of kids, I think that one of the most important things is trying to encourage my students to be kind to one another, to spread that kindness outside of the walls of the classroom. It's so important because they're going to transition out into the world, you know, where they become adults and they need to learn how to be part of a community, how to be a part of a group of people where they can show kindness to one another and hopefully have that kindness returned to them. Yeah. So it's just about the grander picture, you know, allowing them to understand how important it is to to be a good person.
0: Yeah. And as I mentioned in my introduction, honestly, to me, that matters more than if my kids you know, are amazing at math or these sort of visible accolades that the world says are important. I'm like, those things are fun and they matter. But what I care about the most is that you guys are good-hearted people that are making a difference in this world, that are reaching out to the kid that's sitting alone And I have wondered, can this be explicitly taught, or is it just something that they sort of come with, or they sort of soak in from their homes? In your classroom, is it obvious to you, the kids that have been taught about kindness, do you see a difference with the children that you teach?
1: A hundred percent. I think that, yes, it has to be explicitly taught. I think that The kids that come into my classroom, the ones that are shown that kindness at home, modeled the kindness at home, given opportunities to display it to others, either in their community or with siblings, where it's a topic of conversation, I find that those are the kids who are the most loving, kind, the ones to lend a hand if there's someone who's struggling. They are the ones to do that.
0: Mm -hmm. And uh, I just know every mom listening is thinking, I hope my kid is that kid. Right. Of course. And of course, our kids aren't always going to get it right and they're going to make mistakes and sometimes they're not going to act in a way that aligns with your family values and that's to be expected. But hopefully some of these takeaways will help us to be more confident in our ability to teach kindness in our homes so we have a better chance of raising kind humans (laughs) in the world. So what is your first takeaway for how we can start to teach this to our children?
1: My first takeaway is modeling self-care and kindness for your little ones. So when I was a mom of just two children and I had two and under, I quickly started to feel the burnout. You know, I went back to teaching. My middle son was 13 weeks old and it began to wear on me. The morning routine of waking them up early to go to daycare and then teaching eight and nine-year-olds all day and then coming home to little ones at night. It's just physically and mentally exhausting. I realized that in order to find joy in my motherhood journey, which I clearly wanted to do, I needed to teach them how to be kind and empathetic humans, which really started with showing myself kindness Hmm. and showing them how that looks for a grown-up. Yeah. So... I started kind of doing a deep dive, trying to learn more about how I could model this for my own kids. And I came across the work of Kristen Neff. Mm -hmm. She is kind of the pioneer for self-compassion studies. And I learned her three components, which are self-kindness, being gentle and understanding with ourselves rather than critical and judgmental recognizing common humanity, which means feeling connected with others and this experience of life that we have, trying to eliminate the loneliness, the isolation. And her final component is mindfulness. So having a balanced view of life. Mm -hmm. So after reading her work, I realized that I needed to stop feeling guilty about prioritizing time for myself and for the things that spark a light in me. There's a quote by Carl Jung that I've always felt really explains how I feel as a mom, which is, nothing affects the life of a child so much as the unlived life of its parent. Mm. So I wanted my children and my students to see all of the things that bring me joy in life, and then I wanted that to help inspire them to figure out what brings them joy in life as well.
0: Mm. And I love your point that. If you're burned out and frazzled and not showing yourself compassion and kindness, you can't expect that your kids will learn how to be kind to other people when you're the primary model that they have of what it looks like to be self-compassionate and compassionate to other people. But you were extremely busy. I honestly can't imagine having two under two, teaching full time, and then coming home and having to do the grind of after school, dinner, bedtime, the whole thing, it probably felt very much like you literally didn't have time to show self-compassion. Right. So how did you get beyond that, that barrier of feeling like there's no time for that?
1: It can feel that way for sure. I think that starting to recognize where you are in your own motherhood journey and where you can steal the time from. So one thing that I did with my own kids and my kids at school, I found a book that I really love and I teach it year after year. It's called Have You Filled a Bucket Today? And it's by Carol McLeod. Whenever I have something I want to talk about with my own kids, with my students, I always revert back to a book. How Mm -hmm. can I introduce this topic with a book? It kind of eases me into talking about this topic with them a little bit easier. So this book is about being a bucket filler and a bucket dipper. A bucket filler is someone who's kind and caring and helpful and wants to help you feel good about yourself. A bucket dipper is someone who might want to hurt others with their words or with their actions, dip into their bucket, dip into their self-esteem. So the book gives specific examples of how we can show kindness to one another in order to be a bucket filler and also gives examples of things that might dip into someone else's bucket. The basic concept is when our bucket is full, we have the desire and the capacity to fill the bucket of others. When it's empty, we tend to dip into the bucket of others. Mm -hmm. And so I agree with all of this, yet mentioning what you just brought up before, I think there's a couple things that are missing. And the first thing is you must fill your own bucket. That's a Mm -hmm. really important step. So modeling self-care and kindness, even when it's really hard, even when we feel like we don't have enough time in the day, which we truly don't, it feels like we're just grasping at straws all the time but it's so important to model for the health and well-being of our lives and our children's lives. So verbalizing this to our kids is crucial, especially when they're upset. You're leaving to go do something. You've got a yoga class you really want to get to, and they don't want you to go. And it can be easy to just fall into that trap of staying home because you're hearing that they're upset. They don't want you to leave them. But something that you might say to them is, I understand you don't want mommy to go to yoga. I feel lonely sometimes times too when I have plans and other people might be busy, but it's also really important that everyone has time to do things that they love because it fills up their bucket and then they'll fill other people's buckets too. Mm-hmm. So what do you do that fills your bucket? And maybe you can do that while I'm gone. And just to be clear, I think that it really has to be examining what do you personally find brings a spark to your life and then pursuing that. So for me, I love yoga. I love exercise. Now, I know some people might be single parents and it might be difficult to have the time, find family nearby who can help you. But what we can do is we can try to really prioritize ourselves in whatever moment is possible. The second thing I think was missing from that book, Have You Filled a Bucket Today, is that no one is perfect. We are not always bucket fillers. That's a rigid way of thinking. As grown-ups, sometimes we can get stuck in expecting our children, our students to be perfect, but mm. we are also not perfect humans, right? So there will be times in our lives where we're both. We're both bucket fillers and we're bucket dippers, But we have to help our kids realize that in those moments, we choose to hurt others. We have to recognize it's usually because we have an empty bucket. Mm -hmm. So that famous quote, hurt people, hurt people. Mm -hmm. If we can get them to recognize that, and if we can recognize that ourselves, it's helping us step into a more mindful direction.
0: Yeah. Good, kind-hearted people still can have moments of darkness where they make mistakes and they are a dipper instead of a filler. Not only can they, they will have those. And so just forgiving yourself and recognizing that, okay, that action I just took wasn't aligned with my values or the way that I just talked to my child. So what can I do to refill my bucket so that I have more to give and to act more aligned with my values? And then also to teach our kids that when they make decisions where they weren't kind... That, that doesn't mean that they're a bucket dipper all the time, but that we all have those moments and that they can recalibrate, they can ask for forgiveness, they can fill their bucket and then start to give to others. Do you have any examples or experiences of things that you've done in the last few months or times when you have used this kind of self-compassion and modeled it for your kids so that they could see what it looks like to have compassion for yourself?
1: Right. Well, one thing that is really important is talking to yourself kindly and modeling that conversation out loud to your child. And so I do have an example of that. Recently, I've decided to take up jump roping. Mm -hmm. I just wanted a new physical challenge. I really could not jump rope even more than two times. And as a child, it was something that I was always self-conscious about. And I just decided as an adult, I really wanted to take on that challenge. Like why not? So I picked up a jump rope and every day I've tried to incorporate that into my workouts. But one thing that I've done is include my children in watching me learn how to take on jumping a rope as a grown-up. I want them to be able to see me struggle honestly to be able to see what I do in those moments of struggle but I also want them to be able to hear me cheer myself on and you know just saying to myself like you've got this amanda or like okay rope you got me today but i'm going to get you tomorrow or wow i got one more jump today did you see that just being able to show them that these challenges present themselves every day and in these moments that is when we can to be kind to ourselves. Mm. And showing ourselves that kindness is what's going to allow us to be kind to others, fill yeah. our own buckets.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I feel like talking about this new hobby that you found with jump roping, this new experience that you're having leads really well into your second takeaway.
1: Yes. So finding new hobbies, new interests, organizations to donate your time to, and most importantly, letting your child in on those interests. Mm. So for this one, decide what's important to you and let your child see and feel how it lights you up inside by including them in it. Children truly want to be included in everything, even if it seems mundane to us. My own kids love to come and help me set up my classroom for new students every summer. It's Mm. not always the fastest option, but I'm always surprised by how much having them there serves all of us. I get Mm. to let them into my life outside of them and watch them see what brings me joy. And then they get to feel more connected to me. So it's a win-win.
0: And I love you're in a serving profession, like what you do professionally is service. And I think helping your children to recognize that your work is really your family's work and your family is serving your community by you being a teacher and by your children supporting you in that work. So helping you to set up your classroom or even just saying to them, you know, thanks you guys for giving up time with me so that I can go and help these other children I feel like that's how I frame my work with this podcast. I tell my kids, thanks for entertaining yourselves while I did that interview. It really helped a lot of moms. And you guys are part of this work that I'm doing. Our family is serving a greater community because you're supporting me in my work. And I try to tell them stories about people I've heard from that have said, your episode really made a difference to me. And I tell them, you did that. Like We did that together. Right. And that work of not just compartmentalizing every single part
1: of your life, but instead allowing it all to come together is really, I think, where all of that self-compassion, self-love, and learning how to be kind and empathetic to others comes from. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like Kristen Neff's second component to self-care, recognizing common humanity. It's essential. When I began to do my own personal work to finding myself again after my kids... I wanted to become a yoga teacher, was a passion that I always had, and I had a four-year-old and a two-year-old, and I felt a lot of guilt about working full-time and getting a 200-hour teacher training, and luckily, my husband wound up convincing me that, you know, this is the moment. You're never going to find a perfect moment to do Mm -hmm. the thing that you really desire, but when you fill yourself up... You are going to show them what it means to live fully. And so I did. And it wasn't without a lot of tears in the beginning, but I started including them. I included them in my yoga practice. I taught them how to meditate, you know, even Mm. though they're very little, just little bits here and there. And I tried to share new information with them so that it did help my kids to know that their mom has a life outside of them and they get to be a part of that life. Mm. So I think it was a good learning opportunity for all of us.
0: Yeah. And again, an opportunity for you to serve in your community as a yoga teacher to help women and for them to get to hear about that and be a part of that and to know that their mom has this passion that is part of a bigger community outside of their home.
1: Right. And talking about the bigger community, another thing that I really like to do with my kids is I want to teach them how to give back to their community. So as a family, we talk about what we can do to fill the buckets of others. We've listed some different things, like what are some ideas that we can do today? What are some random acts of kindness? And the kids will help us come up with some ideas. Some of the things we've done are we've bought flowers and cards for strangers at our local farmer's market, and we've left them on a bench, just a random old bench for Mm -hmm. someone to find. My kids loved that one. They thought it was so fun to kind of like sneak around a tree and see who would pick it up. Mm -hmm. We have volunteered to call out bingo numbers at our local senior center. We've baked for the firefighters. I mean, there's just so much that can be done in your community. And you can think about your kids' interests, your interests. We've also taken our kids to protests and we want them to be in community with other people, to see people coming together for a cause, standing as one. And we've also decided as a family that, Every month, we like to donate something to an organization each month. So, we read a lot about Malala Mm Yousafzai and how there are more than 130 million girls out of school in the world. So, my kids had a neighborhood lemonade stand and they decided they wanted to donate the money to the Malala Fund. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be much, but their contribution really made them feel like they were helping, they were in community with others. Mm -hmm. And they're understanding that we as a world are in a community together.
0: Yeah. I love this idea of the lemonade stand for a cause because my kids are very into lemonade stands this summer. (laughs) My Sally, she wants to sell everything on the corner. She's like, can I make (laughs) bracelets and sell those? Can I paint pictures and sell those? (laughs) And I think it's just exciting to them to think about earning some of their own money. They're excited to buy toys and things And when I read this in your outline, I thought, would they be as excited if it were for a cause? I don't know, but that's something that I want to try with them and to give them context to not just say, oh, you're going to do a lemonade stand today and we're going to donate all the money. They're not going to get that. But if you talk to them about the cause, you read them books about the cause, you help them to get passionate about it and say to them, well, what could we do? What could you do as a child to earn some money? And see what they come up with, whether it's a lemonade stand or something else. And like you said, the amount of money earned is not really the point. The point is teaching them that you can do something to help with these bigger causes out there. And I hope, I would hope that my kids might be excited about that. I'm gonna try it this summer to see. Great, oh, I can't wait to hear how it goes. Yeah, cause man, <laughs> they're turning into little entrepreneurs before <laughs> my eyes. And we might want to channel that for good. I've got a couple of those too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is such a great idea. Let's take a quick break to thank this episode's sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Splendid Spoon, Cravable, veggie-packed meals sent right to your door. I have always admired moms who prioritize making delicious, nutrient-dense meals, not just for their kids, but for themselves. I need energy and clarity of mind to get through my days, but food prep has just never been a priority for me. This is why I'm grateful for companies like Splendid Spoon. Splendid Spoon sends delicious, plant-based, ready-to-eat meals and snacks right to your door. You'll only have to lift a finger to press start on your microwave. Yes, you heard that right, microwave. Splendid Spoon has a fresh take on classic meals along with smoothies, soup bowls, and noodle bowls. Every meal plan is customizable, so you get what you want every time. Plus, eating plant-based food can come with benefits like improved energy, sleep, digestion, and complexion. The cauliflower masala and garden minestrone soup are my favorite and their white bean tomatillo soup is delicious and soothing for the soul. Eat well and enjoy more of your summer with Splendid Spoon. Get started today and save on an entire week of ready-made plant-based meals. Just go to SplendidSpoon.com slash 3in30 for $50 off your first box when you subscribe. That's $50 off at SplendidSpoon.com slash 3in30. This episode is also sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. The end of summer is nearing, and I am looking forward to school starting and the change in routine for my kids and for myself. We have been traveling back to back throughout the summer, and while we have had so much fun making memories with our family, we are also exhausted. (laughs) I have been craving regular walks, reading with my kids in the evenings, and quiet time in the morning after school drop-off to read and journal. How we care for our minds affects how we experience life, and we all know it's important to invest time and care into keeping up with our emotional and mental health, but this sometimes gets overlooked in the busyness of mom life. I'm so grateful for online therapy so that I can build it into my routine no matter the season of life. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat-only therapy sessions so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash 3in30. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash 3in30. And then what is your third takeaway?
1: Allow your child to see what it means to live in community by setting the example. So, you know, again, modeling is so important. Get to know your neighbors, the people in your children's school, your community, be a presence in their lives. When we moved into our new community and our new home, we wanted to share our love of reading with the neighborhood. So we decided to build a Be Kind lending library. And as a family, we worked together to make invitations, and we delivered them to all of our new neighbors. We invited them to a ribbon-cutting ceremony, and the neighborhood came together. We drank apple juice. We ate cookies. We cut the ribbon on our brand-new lending library. And then we had a station for the neighborhood kids to make bookmarks. I read stories to all the kids. And now we are stewards of the library. We organize Mm. the books in it. We clean the windows. We refresh the paint. We write funny things on the sidewalk to get people to pick up books. And it's been so special to us to watch people come and visit, to know that we helped bring them together with this shared love of reading. You know, every time we see someone open up the doors of the Lending Library, we,
0: we get so excited seeing that, you know? Yeah, that is so special. Yes. And some communities may not know what this looks like. I can picture it. So it's a little, like a little cupboard almost yeah. mounted on a post, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of like a mailbox. but bigger, obviously. And it has books in it and people can leave a book or take a book and it sort of becomes a community lending library. And is there like instructions for how to make one of those online or how did you know how to do that?
1: Yeah. You can find them anywhere. We actually had saved up as a family to buy a lending library. So we Mm. bought ours off of Etsy. And when you buy it, it comes already created. And then we just had to install a post and then attach all of it together. We painted it to look like how we wanted it. And again, like the whole thing was a project as a family. And I think that that was really, we were all invested in it.
0: Yeah. Oh, how special. I love that you put out invitations and brought the community and the neighborhood together. That can be a scary thing to do, especially when you're the new people in town. Like, will people want to come or will they think we're weird? But my experience in the few neighborhoods that I've lived in, people are excited for a reason to get together and they're grateful to the people who make it happen.
1: Right and truly it doesn't always have to be a fanfare. You know, you can always notice when a neighbor is sick, point it out to your child, brainstorm what you can do to fill their bucket, maybe make a card or bring a meal, model being a helping hand to someone who needs it and soon I think you'll see that your child is doing the same. Mm-hmm. You know, the life of a parent like you've mentioned is incredibly busy. Some days it feels like there's no time to do anything. You know, they're eating dinner in the car on the way to a sporting event. But opportunities will present themselves and we need to seize those opportunities and use them to show our children how to live with a purpose, how to practice Mm -hmm. kindness and empathy, just like you practice riding your bike. And I truly believe that this will have a ripple effect on your family, your
0: community, our world. Yeah. I absolutely agree. And thank you so much for sharing so many concrete ideas of how to do this. I couldn't agree more that sometimes you just have to be willing to snag the moment and to look up from your phone and notice when somebody needs something around you in the grocery store, at the park, and let your kids see you reaching out. You know, just this week, my husband noticed an elderly couple that was struggling. Their dog had gotten off the leash and was running away from them and they were struggling to get the dog. And my husband said to my kids, I don't think they're gonna be able to catch that dog. Like, can we help them? And so my kids and my husband chased this dog around and rounded it up. And this couple was so grateful. We'd never met them before, but (laughs) the next day they brought over some home-baked scones and like cards for my kids. It was just such a positive experience for my kids to see that if you notice somebody struggling, help them and it feels good to help. And so we can just be looking for those opportunities all around us. And I can
1: confidently say that your children will never forget that feeling. They'll go into school and when it's writing time, they'll probably choose something like that to write about because it's made an impact.
0: And I was so grateful to that couple. You know, they really served us by making that a good experience for my kids, by taking that extra step to write my kids a card. Because they easily could have just said, oh, thanks for your help and walked away. But they really reinforced to my kids that it feels good to serve. And I was so grateful to them for doing that. And so the more we can do this for our kids hopefully they will develop a temperament of wanting to help and looking around and wanting to be a bucket filler, as you call it. So thank you, Amanda, so much for your time and your takeaways today. And is there anything that you would like to point people to as a resource from you or from someone else if they want to continue diving into this topic?
1: Honestly, I would just say find your local librarian
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. and just
1: ask them, all of the different books that you can gather on Mm -hmm. finding resources to teach children how to be kind, how to be empathetic. A great book that I just got from the library, Just Help by Sonia Sotomayor that Mm -hmm. my children and I read. It's part of a two book series so far, which the first one's called Just Ask. It's a great place to start just by going to your local library and figuring out What can we learn together? How can I try to encourage this behavior with my child by sharing an experience of reading a book together, talking about it together, and then let's just see where it takes us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's such wise advice. Thank you so much for your time and for coming on 3 and 30. Thank you so much. I have to say, I wish Amanda were my children's elementary school teacher. What an incredible human she is, and I loved learning from her about ways we can teach our children kindness. It starts with us, and here's the recap of her three takeaways. First, model self-care and kindness for your little ones. This means prioritizing filling your own bucket in addition to filling the buckets of others, no matter how busy you are. Show your kids what it looks like to care compassionately for yourself and talk compassionately to yourself. When you model self-respect for your kids, they will better understand that all human beings deserve respect and kindness. Second, find new hobbies, interests, and organizations to donate your time to, and most importantly, let your children in on these interests. Talk to them about how your work professionally or your hobbies and passion causes are blessing others' lives and allow them to help you and feel a part of it. I loved the visual of Amanda's little kids helping her to set up her classroom every year. And third, allow your child to see what it means to live in community by setting the example. Reach out to your neighbors in big and small ways. Notice people around you who might need a helping hand and invite your children to join you in brainstorming how you might help. If you wanna take on a bigger project, consider researching a cause together and doing a lemonade stand to raise money or doing something like the community lending library that is unique to your children's interests and can be something that adds to the feeling of community in your neighborhood. Friend, please remember that you don't have to do everything all at once. If you are not in a season where you can take on a bigger charity project with your kids, that's okay. Focus on modeling compassion in the way you talk to yourself and to them as you go about daily life together and seize small moments to do something kind for someone who crosses your path in daily life. Let your kids watch you and be a part of it. Those are the building blocks to raising compassionate kids. As always, thank you for being here and for listening. You are doing a really good job, and I hope you have a beautiful week with your family. I'm Stacy Toth. And I'm Dr. Sarah Ballantyne. And we'd like to invite you to come listen
1: to our podcast, The Whole View. Each week, we follow the science for an in-depth answer to a listener-requested topic related to health and wellness. But we're not your typical health show. We're talking emotional and physical, looking at dozens of scientific studies to support our answers. You might be surprised what the science can tell us. When we share practical tips and embarrassing personal stories, we make sure no one is left thinking perfection is the goal. In fact, this one time at Bandcamp... Uh, uh, not now, Stacy. Oh, right, sorry. I was about to get on a soapbox again.